It's Friday, so you already know what that means. We will be joined by our friend, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 16, as we continue our discussion regarding the 2023 NFL Draft. And to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what it, that's what it'll be about. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Friday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and most importantly, affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NFL60. Use promo code NFL60. For 60% off plus free shipping. Right, guys, you don't want to miss out on that. It, 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 groceries are high. You want to get in on that 60% off. I'm John. Some sports got hit, but of course, I'm joined by none other than Texan and Houston Rockets beat reporter, Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis. We are, if today, today's Friday, so we would be a you know, Six getting ready for days. the second round of the NFL draft. Oh my god! For next week, this time next week we would know. <laughs> we will know. This time next week we will know if the Houston Texans <laughs> made right, smart, informative decisions, or if the cycle repeats itself. And I'm scared. I'm scared. I can't listen, lie. I'm scared. <laughs> be scared. Be afraid. Be very afraid. And normally, Cody and I would like dive into the YouTube comments, and I think we still will. But, Cody, I think it's important to talk about the feel around the fan base right now. The feel, the uh, the live, like the life right now surrounding the fan base for this team has been completely sucked dry. Right, like a couple of months ago. <laughs> Especially after D'Amico Ryan's got hired, this fan base was electrified, full of energy, full of love. It was and, exciting. And Everybody was thought it was over. It was, it was, it was. I'm gonna tell you what it was. It was, it was, uh, well, what it is right now, it's like so snowfall season finale. Everybody <laughs> started coming, and it's really sad to see how some of the uh fans in the fan base are reacting right now. And I, I 100% understand. Two weeks, a week leading up to the NFL draft, your team is sitting at number two, and you're hearing things like the Texans should the Texans trade for Trey Lance? Uh, should Will Levis be a Houston Texan? <laughs> what about Matt Jones? That was a you know oh, thought gosh. process. Let's just skip over the second best quarterback and, and trade back, or maybe Will Anderson after a couple of seasons of watching Davis Mills and you got to feel for the fan base. Like, this isn't a fan base that has won anything significant, right? I mean, and I'm not trying to poke the bear or anything, but if we are being honest, they haven't won a Super Bowl, haven't sniffed an AFC championship championship game, right? It's only they had... sniffed it a little bit. <laughs> no. That's a little uh, bit of a, had, you know. <laughs> has had uh, Matt, Matt Schaub as their quarterback. <laughs> Brock Osweiler is their quarterback. Deshaun Watson was the guy that you thought would bring 
home glory. Mm. And, and instead of that, he's in Cleveland now. This and is a fan misery. Base. <laughs> this is a fan base, Cody, that I believe after next Thursday, this fan base could either either come out stronger or the draft could break. We got a, a 105 comments on the YouTube Ooh, show. We had a lot did, of comments this week. We did. Did the, did, did the Houston Texans change their quarterback draft plans to Will Levis? That was a couple of days ago. And my man, Lively's report, he commented and said, I'm pretty much done talking about what the Texans are going to do. In about nine days, I would either have my confidence restored in the Texans or I would be finding – a new team <laughs> to cheer. One of which, one which is not totally dysfunctional. Nobody but the Texans even consider Levis at two over Stroud. Mm. And you are only going to hand a court a better quarterback to your division rival, in which you would have to face Stroud two or three times a year, mm. uh, two or three times a year for the next 15 years, all because what? We are completely and totally dysfunctional, and I have a problem handing, handling, uh, is this handling? Handling any player who has the same agent that Watson has, but I have a solution for that. It sells the team when you're not able to deal with players' agents. This is how the fan base feels right now. <laughs> Cody, uh, um, Still the same podcast. Almost half of his TDs this year was against Mac teams. My man X Davis. Uh, Texans can stay at twelve. You don't have to worry about giving away any assets. Hopefully, Miles Murphy and Clemson is available. Very underrated in this draft. Lucas Van Ness, Iowa is another good choice as well. But like I think what Lively Report put it out there is how a lot of Texan fans are feeling. There's no way that you should be able to mess up this draft, and yet it seems like it's going to happen. And that's the worst part about it. And, John, you know, when we talk about the promise that this fan base had, it was like when they hired D'Amico Rines, they sat there with Nick Asirio. You got rid of all of the so-called foolishness, dysfunction, anything, any other adjective you want to use to describe the last three to four years it's all out the building. You have money going into free agency. You have a very good draft capital. You have a, a competent head coach, not just a competent head coach, a head coach that's going to bring some stability, some recognition, some relevancy back to this organization. A general manager to, well, you know, say what you want about his first two years. We know whenever he finally gets an opportunity to clean up the mess from the last regime, we all can honestly sit here and say that. You know, we still have some belief in Nick Casario that he can do the right thing. Ownership seems like they're finally, you know, starting to put things together, even teasing us, bringing back, you know, Houston blue and all this other stuff. Like when you go back and you take a look at the promise and the hope back in February, and it seemed like everything was falling into one circle. And the one thing this fan base has been crying and dying for, for what, let's say 15 out of its 20, 21 years of existence is to just to get a franchise quarterback. And after what happened with the last franchise quarterback in the next three years, you have another opportunity to get one in the draft. And what do you do? You, you, you start, you start saying stuff like we like Will Levis. We we are considering trading for trade less. Like make that make sense. It don't make sense. Like that makes sense. 
at the at the start of the season, I mean, at the start of this draft season, the one thing that you and I kept saying, especially when you have two quarterback prospects, there's no way they could mess this up. There's no way they could mess this up. There's no possible way they could mess this up. And here we are for less than a week. We're gonna we're gonna see whether or not they messed this up. Yeah, simple. And this is a team that uh, I also want to credit Larry and Stanford for you know saying this because I was listening to a space, but a, a Texan space that was hosted by Big Sarge. This is a team that uh, uh, you know you can possibly give your division rival, your division mm-hmm. opponent, a quarterback, and then you also in the AFC. You're going to still have to go up against the likes of Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, uh, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, who's also in your division. At some point, Aaron Rodgers may get to New York. We'll see how that goes. But Tua took a little before he got hurt. He was balling for Miami. Um, Deshaun. Deshaun, who's in the AFC. Lamar Jackson, if he returns back, he's in the AFC. Uh, The AFC is full of talented quarterbacks and explosive offenses, and so why miss out on it? Don't understand it. Poker face. I'm living by that. Live and die by poker face. (laughs) Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all of the calories and sugar? Then you need to check out the best-tasting protein bar on the market right now with Built Bar. Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Also, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. You don't have to wait for an online order. You can run into your local Walmart or Sam's Club today to grab a box, and you'll thank us later. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. We are officially, what, six, five days away from the NFL draft, and you know that means we could not do a show without Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Brandon, how you doing? Welcome back to Locked On Texans. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm glad to be back. I ain't know if I did something to somebody or said something <laughs> to make somebody mad or what. I was like, I hope we ain't fell out of nothing like that. Them my boys and everything. So <laughs> glad to be back. It's been a minute since I talked to y'all, man. I, I know everybody been busy, though. This draft been kicking everybody's tail. So we all been busy, but I'm glad to be back, man. It's not even the draft. It's just this conversation about what they're going to do at number two and what quarterback are they going to walk away with. Brandon, at the start of this draft season, I just thought this was going to be easy. Yeah. You had the number two pick. I thought you get C.J. or Bryce. Once it seemed like the Carolina Panthers are going to go with Bryce, I just thought without a shadow of a doubt you go with C.J., and call it a day, but unfortunately, the last what two weeks have show showcased otherwise. And on Monday, we had an opportunity to talk to the Houston Texans general manager, Nick Casario. Matter of fact, you were sitting right next to me in the press room. Yep. B Scott, if you can break it down, what are some of your biggest takeaways from Nick Casario's press conference from earlier this week? Yeah, well, I mean, the the big things that came away from him speaking this week are that they are entertaining the number two overall pick, you know, trading it. And and, and I thought that was key to know because it gives you some insight of what they're thinking about at quarterback. Like if they like to me, that's important. Like if they were completely sold at quarterback and and, and even if they are, it's not that he would have told us that. Right. But 
you want to get a little bit of window into that as much as you can. If you're completely sold at a quarterback at number two overall, you're probably not shopping the number two overall pick. But like you mentioned, at the very least, you got to do your due diligence and see what's out there if if there are calls. Now, is it true that they're taking calls or are they shopping the pick? That's that's the thing that I that I look at kind of with a, with a bit of a smirk, like wondering, OK, are you just taking calls or are you really are you really in love with a player at number two overall? Are you do you like a group of players more so? And this is what I think is likely, Cody. Do you like a group of players more so than one specific player and therefore don't feel the need to pick at number two overall and prefer to get more picks instead of instead of being forced to pick there at number two overall because you like a group of players and you'd be fine with picking at seven or, you know, however far down you go. So. So that was the one thing that I thought about it, you know, the the willingness to listen on the number two overall pick, which I, I mean, you figure he would say that anyway, but we at least got that on the record. And then, you know, uh, the, the, of course there's that whole weird rumor to not having to, to, to deny that he's leaving. <laughs> and, you know, like that, that was, a, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. As somebody who is like kind of neutral on Nick Casario right now, like mixed bag, like he's done some good, he's done some not so good, whatever. Not necessarily out here like clamoring for his job or anything, you know. Like I think he's, I think he's fine. Mm-hmm. So like as somebody that comes from that perspective, I, it, it's weird hearing about the like the one to leave. Like I'm not, I'm not even somebody that's like asking for him to get to get fired. Or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, like, I'm I'm hearing this, and I'm like, where is this even coming from? Who, if there if there was a time for him to be leaving, it would have been when Levy Smith was fired, or you know, sometime way further out from now, like a year from now, or something like that. So, like this, if there was any time for him to leave, it wouldn't be like any time around now. So, um, and, and and also, this is the best time to be the general manager of the Texans since he's been the general manager of the Texans, right? Mm, got that like, right. Having the number two overall pick, whether they pick there or not, whether they pick there or trade the pick or whatever happens, whether they pick a quarterback or not, you know, hiring D'Amico, having these draft picks, having this money now to spend on free agents. This is the best time to be the the general manager of the Texans. So I always thought that that was kind of a weird story, but I don't think it came out of nowhere like that. That came from somewhere. And and maybe one day we'll find out exactly uh, for sure where it came from. But that definitely did come from somewhere, I, I do believe so. Uh, so between that and, you know, and again, the, the whole part about the number two pick, there was there were a lot of quarterback questions. You asked the question about the quarterback. Uh, Christy Rican from the Associated Press asked the question about the quarterback. Um, I think we had a, a couple others. Um, John McClain asked got, about two or three about the quarterback. Yeah, McClain, maybe uh, maybe Alexander or just so, so a, somebody else did. Too. DJ from ESPN talking DJ, about the yeah. scores. So yeah, yeah, all of that. So so there was some conversation and dancing around the quarterback conversation. Um, the, 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 I, there was nothing that happened from the press conference that made me feel more like they were more likely or less likely to draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. It, 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 but it also does seem like, you know, all of this smoke is coming from somewhere of, um, of them perhaps not being interested in the quarterback. So I feel like there was this trying to get a sense for that, and I'm not sure that we really did. Uh, but we damn sure tried. Mm. And 
Nick Casario's press conference on Monday came about, what, let's say about four days, maybe five days after we had an opportunity to talk to D'Amico Ryans. Um, B. Scott, when you go back and listen to what D'Amico had to say, and, of course, comparing it to what Nick Casario had to say, how much confidence do you have in that pairing going into a draft that I believe might be one of, if not the most important drafts in franchise history. When you take a look at the fact that they are on the cups of getting a franchise quarterback, they're on the cups of, and they have the draft picks, the, the draft capital to fill multiple holes, whether that be a wide receiver, whether that be on the defensive side of the ball, you know, like when you take a look at how important this draft is, do you have confidence in the pairing of D'Amico Ryans and of course, Nick Casario? You know, it's interesting because as worried as I am about them not drafting a quarterback high uh, and, and kicking the quarterback can down the road, I am surprisingly confident overall in them as football guys, uh, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, as as evaluators and as coaches. Like, you know, I, Nick Asirio's first draft with first-round picks is one that is still like TBD <laughs> with Derek Stingley Jr., who I think is excellent, but has to stay on the field. Yeah. And King and Green, who has to, you know, make a total body transformation and and like just grow tremendously in, in order to kind of validate his status as a as a as a mid first round pick. You know, so so like you've got that, but he also had another couple of pretty good picks in that draft. Like there's it's a it it for me is a mixed bag, but but you do see some potential there in like the player evaluation process it's like Mm -hmm. you know like you can quibble with some things and i and i certainly would but you're like okay so between this guy who seems like he has a pretty good grasp for what for what he's doing even if he has some misses and then D'Amico ryan's on top of it them as a pairing as a sort of a checks and balance type and one thing i'll say about them when you as far as their dynamic and and I, i feel like you could probably might even be able to test this kind of being around them a little bit but both of them seem to be kind of like fairly decent enough, easy enough to get along with. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get the sense from either of them. No, well, Nick Casario now since something has changed with his demeanor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but 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 even before, like he just seems like really dry. But I, I I've never really gotten the sense that he was like rude or like 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 he would be hard to get along with. Now. Mm-hmm. Now, now, especially for I tell you what I tell you what he is and what he and D'Amico Ryan's have in common, they're like super disciplined cats. So I could see if you're like a little bit loose on the discipline, or you got a maybe a different idea of discipline, if that could clash a little bit. But they actually seem a little bit kind of similar to me in that way. They're obviously tremendously different, but they seem a little similar in that way, uh, and just in kind of their makeup, you know, mm-hmm. t- sort of personality wise. So. They actually seem like a like a pretty decent fit for me. Um, now, is that how does that play itself out? We'll see. You know, does that does that actually work? Does them being checks and balance actually translate into a positive working relationship? We're in the very beginning of it, so we'll see how it goes. And B Scott, one last thing: talking about Nick Casario for before we start talking about prospects, i.e., the quarterback talk. Mm. Um, when you when you take a look at Nick Casario. How important do you think this draft is going to be about whether or not he keeps his job a year from now? Because one thing about working in this business, 
especially being credentialed, being there, having an opportunity to talk to these guys on record, you kind of got the sense that if he addresses the rumors about him leaving, you kind of had a feeling that he was going to say that he wasn't going anywhere. I don't think Nick Casario is going anywhere no time soon. Of course, there was that big rumor that he had to address about him going somewhere after the draft. I didn't believe that because it didn't make no sense. Why would a general manager help build a team through free agency, through the draft, and then two weeks later you're going to dip out and go back to New England? That didn't make sense to me. However, when you take a look at the fact that when you go back to when Lovey Smith got fired, that very next day we talked to him. And he said out his own mouth, and of course I'm paraphrasing here, to where if he feels like he isn't living up to the expectations that the Magnaris brought him here for, and that is, of course, to build a successful team that can that can sustain success, he would step down as general manager. You go in, you see the fact that he is on his third coach. Do you think there's a lot of pressure on Nick Casario to get it right in order for him to save his job for not just for 2023, but beyond? I do think that there is some pressure, some level of pressure on them to be better this year and to make like some enormous strides. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I don't I don't think it can even be incremental progress. I think they need to see some enormous strides under Nick Casario. I'm sorry, under D'Amico Ryan's as head coach. Mm-hmm. And with these players that Nick Casario has surrounded them with under also under their direction as a coaching staff, right? Like they hired the coaches and then free agency hit. They, they kept the coaches in Houston while they went to the combine, like the, you know, uh, you know, while D'Amico and, and, and Nick Casario went to the combine, they're down there trying to match up free agents with, uh, with scheme and all of that. Like they, they have put a concerted effort to have an identity as a football team, which they have not had over the last couple of years. <laughs> and, and they need to show that they have established that, you know, I think there's a tremendous amount of pressure for that. As far as the draft though, I, I think it's going to be hard to say it's hard for me to say that based off the draft, there, there, there's a lot of pressure on him to hit in the draft to keep his job for next year. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like you can just simply grade the draft after one year, you know, like, you know, just like how I'm talking about with Derek Stingley and, and King and Green, you know, like I'm not I'm not writing them off, but I am acknowledging that the rookie year was was lacking, you know, for, for a number of reasons for both of them, respectively. So 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 that I do think that there is some that there's a, a high level of importance on this draft, like. There is pressure to get this draft right just because of how important it was, how important it is, and how you articulated it earlier. You got all of these picks, you know, and this opportunity is in front of you. You got to maximize it. But in terms of what it means for his job status a year from now, I think that's more about overall what they do as a team and what they look like as a team. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. This time next week, (laughs) we will either be happy as hell or mad as hell or somewhere in between. Because at this time, the first round of the 2023 NFL draft will be over. We will know what they have done with the number two overall pick, whether they went with a quarterback, whether they went with Will Anderson, whether they traded down and went with another prospect, whether they picked that number 12 or traded number 12. Who knows? But this time next week, the first round of the NFL draft will be over. 
And ladies and gentlemen, B. Scott, we would know who would be their quarterback. We are all hoping on some type of hope that that quarterback, well, most of us, will be Bryce Young. But over the last couple of weeks, it seems like the Houston Texans have gone Bryce Young or bus. B. Scott, this time next week, when we bring you back on the show, as a matter of fact, no, 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 no. When you are on Sports Radio 610, because you're doing the live draft coverage as well, right? I'll be in the mix. I don't know if I'll be on, like. Because last year you did the whole entire draft, right? Nah, I don't know. Nah, I don't, I'm trying to remember what did I do. I, I, I feel like I might have dropped in or something, but you know, I'm in charge of all of the digital stuff around it, so I, I'll be mm-hmm. in the mix one way or the other. Whatever is going on, mm-hmm. if I want to drop, like if I got something to say, I tell you what, what's, diff- <laughs> what's different now, locked on Texans listeners, from when I first got on this Sports Radio 610, okay, because this is my however many of draft fourth draft since I've been o- over at 610. Mm-hmm. What is different is that if I got something to say, I get to say it. Talk your stuff, man. All I, <laughs> hey, all I got to say, and it's not like an authority thing. It's more like respect. You know, like mm-hmm. if, they, if they tell me no, then I can't, you know, I can't say it. But yeah, if I got something to say, all I got to do is say the word and be like, hey, man, let me get it. Let me let me let me get in here real quick. And. And it's a it's a respect level and a and a you know appreciation level where I can get in there and do that. So I'll be in the mix one way or the other. I'll be in the mix somewhere around there, man. So B Scott, this time next Friday. Yeah. Two two part question. Who do you think will be the Texans quarterback? And two, who do you hope be the Texans quarterback? Oh, well, let me start. Let me answer in <laughs> reverse, man, because I want to be clear mm-hmm. off the top, man. I, I hope that they just draft C.J. Stroud and don't overcomplicate things and make mm-hmm. this more difficult than it needs to be. C.J. Stroud is a prospect worthy of taking number two overall. I don't want to hear this, this stuff about what if you don't like C.J. Stroud? What kind of what, what you like in a quarterback? What do I mean? Do you like accuracy? Do you like production in college? You know what I mean? Do you like a certain level of maturity? You know, do you like leadership? I mean, what 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 is it that you like that he doesn't have? You know, mm-hmm. like you can you can pick apart his game. I'm not saying that the guy is perfect, but if you're telling me that you look at CJ Stroud and don't think that that's somebody that you can coach up into somebody being worthy of the number two overall pick or somebody that can't come in and start for you right away is better than either quarterback on your roster right now immediately with the potential to be coached up over the next few years to be even better than he is right now like come on man get out of here with that so that's that's what i want him to do before i get to talking about the silliness that i think is going to actually go down okay so we clear on that i want yes. him to grab cj stroud yep. and we're we got, here we're we here we're here <laughs> man what i think gonna happen i think i think it's gonna be a little bit of chaos i can see this this is what is keeping me up at night what i'm pondering on okay mm-hmm I think they could they I, I feel like they really do want to trade that pick down. I do think that they want to. Okay. I think perhaps they might not be able to, in which case they pick at number two and they shock the world, which I don't know if it'll really be a shock because we've been hearing these whispers anyway. But they pick at number two, take Tyree Wilson. Not Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson at Ooh. number two. Yeah, I can see that. Tyree Wilson at number two. And then, okay, and that's 
that's if they don't trade the pick. If they mm-hmm. trade the pick, then you know who knows what's going on. But they have if they have to pick it two, Tyree Wilson, and then at 12, if they have to pick at 12, which I, I think they're willing to trade either pick. But if they have to pick at 12, I think they're hoping that Will Levis falls to him at 12. No, ain't no hoping he will so, fall. So, so, because right, ain't right. no team in their goddamn right mind that need a goddamn quarterback or take Will Levis that goddamn high. Well, no, it's enough, but it, there are enough teams that do need a quarterback. But who's to, taking to Will where... Levis that high before twelve? When you got AR fifteen, and you got Hendon Hooker, which I believe if Hendon yeah, Hooker was healthy, like this. he would be a lot higher, and a lot more teams be talking about him a lot more. If he was coming in healthy, which by the way, Nick Casario was on Sports Radio 610 on yesterday speaking of um the, the morning show that you guys do, and he did say that throughout this whole entire process, they do talk to medical staffs in order to see if a particular prospect is going to be ready come training camp. I'm just throwing that out there only because once again, there's the possibility that the Houston Texans can take. Hendon Hooker, which I would be totally fine with, as long as it's not Will Lovers. Yeah, I, I'm down with that. I I, I agree with you there, but 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 just just the the math on this real quick, right? If they pass on C.J. Stroud, mm-hmm. let's say the Colts take C.J. Stroud at four, and he gonna take it behind up for probably the next eight to ten years. Now you've got now who's left? Okay. Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and Hendon Hooker. I don't think that Hendon Hooker is going to go. I agree with you on your point here, but I could easily see between Seattle, Detroit, the Raiders, and the Falcons, and then you've got the Titans there at 11, right? I take the Falcons out of there because they are definitely like sold on giving um... – What's my what's my guy name from Cincinnati? Yeah, Desmond Ritter. No, Des- Desmond I, I, Ritter, a uh, year to prove I, himself. I, I I get that, and and we've heard that, but it's it's still it's still an open question. There, I I think that Anthony Richardson is the wild card there. Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that they would draft Will Levis over you know and, and have him over uh o- o- over Desmond Ritter. But Anthony Richardson has a quality to him that if you've got a guy that's unproven that you're not sure about right now. He's somebody that you, that I can still see you being invested in. That's why I include Seattle, Detroit, even though they got Jared Goff and and mm-hmm. and and uh, and Geno. Like that could be somebody that they that they could be interested in. Um, the the Raiders, even though that they have, um, even though they have Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so and so then the Falcons, they're there with Desmond Ritter, and they might just think, okay, we invested. What was Desmond Ritter? A, a third round pick. Third rounder, yeah. Yeah, I, we invested a third round pick in Desmond Ritter, invest a first round pick in in Anthony Richardson, and and let the and let the chips fall where, where they may, you know. Like I I could easily see them making that investment. Like well, all I'm saying is, it's it's possible um, that that like that one of these teams takes Anthony Richardson, and then the other team. Um, is interested like the titans could be interested in will levis no oh, please take him please you take know, him to um, so uh so I, I think it's possible you know that that he doesn't fall but i i think it's also possible that he does you know mm-hmm. and, and that could be something that they're hoping for like hey back to what i was saying earlier right hey we actually don't think that this is hypothetical right 
we actually don't think that CJ Stroud is that much better than Will Levis. And we actually like Will Levis more in this system from when he played in it a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Why don't we take Tyree Wilson or say it's Will Anderson or whatever? Why don't we take one of these defensive players up high and then wait for what who we think is gonna fall, which is you know, which would be Will Levis. So I can see it. Tyree Wilson at two. Will Levis at 12 if they stay at those picks. Obviously, if they trade the picks, then we'll have to see how everything shakes out. Why did you pick Tyree Wilson over Will Anderson when majority of the whole talks about the Texans moving away from a quarterback at two, especially CJ's, because they, they are so high on Will Anderson? Yeah, because I think I think what this is is kind of a name recognition thing. Like, if you put either player on the other player's team Mm -hmm. then we're talking about the other player like we're talking about the other player you understand yeah so if tyree wilson had played at alabama we'd be talking about him the way we talk about will anderson and will Mm. anderson had played at texas tech we would be talking about will anderson the way we talk about tyree wilson i think that's a (laughs) lot that has a lot to do with it um and then and then past that like i'm not saying that tyree wilson is my uh is miles ahead of will anderson necessarily i just think it's a different player profile he's a bigger player um a little bit longer and i think fits the scheme a little bit better um and 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 when i hear you know former defensive lineman seth Payne, who i work with at sports radio 610 the way he talks about tyree wilson and and mind you you know seth played at least a year with D'Amico ryan so he Mm kind of kind of has an idea what what D'Amico might be into in terms of a uh, of an edge rusher and i think that tyree wilson more so fits the profile and, and not only that but it's also comparable as a talent okay mm. so it's not like it's cody it's not like he's doing a dramatic talent drop off to go get a guy that fits the system it's like hey this guy is just as good as that guy but looks better in what we do makes more sense than what we do so i mean will anderson is a little bit undersized gets swallowed up in the run game here and there Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or or looks smaller in the run game, I should say, here and there, and that's just not the case with Tyree Wilson. So I could see him actually being a better scheme fit, even though you know it's not like a lot of people were paying a ton of, of attention to Texas Tech defensive line play. Mm-hmm. Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 16. Brandon, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on all your social media platforms? And please be sure to tell them about the B-Block podcast, when they can find you on Sports Radio 16, and even the H-Town Hoops podcast. Yeah, man. So at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter, at B. Scott from Hiram Clark on Instagram, the B-Block podcast, wherever you get your podcasts every week. Then it's the H-Town Hoops podcast, also weekly with adam spolane that's an odyssey production you can get that wherever you get your podcast i'm actually about to record with him as soon as i uh, as soon as i get off with you now and uh and of course in the loop check out in the loop every thursday check it out every day of course but check it out every thursday specifically to catch me at 11 a.m hmm. so yeah that's how you do it there you go and as always i'm your host cody m davis please remember to follow me on twitter that I no longer have my blue check mark, unfortunately. Come be regular like the don't be regular like the rest of us, Cody. It's good to humble you. I refuse to pay eight dollars yeah. yeah. just for a check. I don't post videos like that. You know what? I'm still able to do. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I remember 
the, the morning I woke up and saw that I was verified for the very first time, it was a happy, happy moment. I think it was on August 29th. I think I remember the day only because it was Michael Jackson's birthday and on BET, they showed nothing but Michael Jackson videos that morning. So I remember waking up, turning the TV on, seeing the bad video and then looking at my Twitter was like, oh, snap, I'm verified. That's the only way I remember that. (laughs) But unfortunately, on on another uh, sentimental (laughs) moment for you, it sounds like. I said only because, only because I'm saying I know you love my boy's birthday. (laughs) I know I get it. You getting you getting Michael Jackson and a ver- Twitter verification all in the same day, like and and with one of my, if not my favorite video, like I mean, how can I forget that? Now on four twenty, which you know, it's easy to remember that day. Yes, it is. Oh, I you know lost my verification, so you know, yeah, well, on Twitter. Come on with us, with us regular people. I know you a big deal. Say, hey, look, Cody Davis. <laughs> Post of the Locked On Texans podcast, you know, writing for sport, you know, everybody, uh, sports illustrated. Wait a minute, sports, sports illustrated, illustrated, yes, yeah, sports illustrated, like big deal. Verified Cody <laughs> now got to come and be with the rest of us, like little old me, little digital guy at the radio station. Un never verified because I'm a common man, I'm down here with people <laughs> with the regular folks in the trenches in the streets every day. Come down here with us and humble yourself, sir. Hey, you know what? But it's okay. It's okay, man. It was fun while I lasted. I screenshotted it on the very last day because I was like, I want to remember this moment. But, you there know, you hey. But as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. And please remember to follow my co-host, Johnson Sports Scott Hickman at John underscore Hickman 12. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.